it's Kelly Havens. Grab your favorite mug, find a cozy spot to listen, or work quietly with your hands while I take you on a journey into the rolling hills of Ohio, literally this time, our old home, and my world of homemaking, homesteading, and daily life with James and Thad. Through stories, dreams, the Bible, let's seek the Good Shepherd together. I hope you'll find comfort in my companionship as I have found in yours. Good morning. Happy New Year. I hope many of you are nestled snug into the fun of January. No more pressure. Just getting to enjoy these colder temperatures and hopefully some snow. Lots of time inside reading stories and sipping on hot chocolate and time playing outside in the snow. I love winter. (laughs) If you've been following me for any amount of time, I'm sure you've noticed that. Um, I love how when you're outside and it's so cold and everything is still and frozen, you feel that warmth inside your heart, you know? And as a Christian, it just makes me feel that fire, that fire of God, that fire of his love in my heart. Um, We got our, well, we had snow about a month ago, but we got a little bit of snow yesterday, and I took the boys out with their um, Aunt Pendeli in their wool suits, and they just look like polar bears with, like, green wool and blue wool and they just romp around and roll around so um it's a really fun time I I have quite a bit to share with you all and um to be honest I'm struggling I don't know where to start I don't know where to cut it off um so what I will do is I'm gonna read you something that is probably the most important thing on the website and the website will be up definitely within a week. I know I have been talking about this for a long time, but it's really big. There's a lot of facets, um, a lot of categories, because it's going to have things that I've made, things Levi makes. Um, It's going to have a section on our old house, and I I haven't written this yet, but but the history of our house, but then the current projects we're doing, um, the bathroom remodel, And then it's going to have some recipes. And then I want to have a steady stream of writing that's definitely more in-depth than what I can fit in Instagram captions. So I'm really looking forward to giving you all more. Um, Interestingly enough, Instagram, for a while, it's felt too tight. Um, Like God has been calling me. Um, just to a larger, just projects that are definitely bigger in scope. So, and that pull together different, um, different kinds of, of artistic gifts all in one. Um, so I want to do more film for sure. And I guess I will start with one thing that uh, is very exciting. Sarah Jo from Briarton Farm and I are working together. We are. Um, we have been working side by side on a little project that's not so little. <laughs> I don't know where the Lord will take it, but I know He's in it, and it's gonna, it's gonna be very special. I am writing a series of stories, and she's illustrating them, 
and the first one is going to be um, launched out for sale this month. Um, I will give you guys a date soon, but what it's going to be is you will be able to do a digital download and you can subscribe for the whole year and it'll be printable um, with her sketches and then um, my story. Um, you can buy just one and then we'll do a sneak peek. I'll probably do a little film showing um, what, what the story's about, the gist, and maybe give a sneak peek of the writing and then she'll do a sneak peek of the watercolor. And I know you all love her um, beautiful country, whimsical, colorful watercolor. There's nothing quite like it. So for the Lord to call us to work together, it was just, it was um, very much him and very exciting. So uh, that is coming up. So I am working on, I gotta get the website finished. So you all will have a way to download that. And then you can do a subscription for it'll be a lower price and you can um, buy ahead of time all four stories and really look forward to kind of getting that every season as you would have in the Victorian times, you know, when printing was very expensive and there wasn't as much published, an author would have a, like a magazine or periodical subscription and you would wait eagerly, you know, for the next installment. And then you'd all, you know, if it was like Dickens or something, you'd all hover around by the fire and you would just soak it up, whatever bit that he had. And then you would eagerly await the next bit. So that was kind of the vision that we had um, with this. All the stories will kind of build on each other and hopefully you will really love the characters. Um, but so a theme recently for me has been stories. I know that I'm a writer, I'm a storyteller, and um, my joy that, and my love of the simple things, my love of country life and um, traveling back to times when home was important and family was everything, God was everything, the Bible was the story that we all cherished the most, um, even just a hundred years ago. Everyone knew those Bible stories, and, and that was, you know, that was the, you know, the rocks in your mind, if you will, the things you would draw from, um, during times of trouble or just during every day. You look to for wisdom, and, um, but my heart for that, you know, my heart for going back to the ancient ways, that comes from my past. It comes from where I grew up the school systems that I was in, the, um, the friends I had, the lovers I had, and what they did, how they, how they got into me, and, and twisted my thinking, and, you know, shattered my innocence. I have a story that needs to be told, and I've known that, and, um, I've been, been bravely telling God for years now, I will tell it, Lord. You make it happen, God. You, you know, it's your story. You've been writing it. Please, God, please make a way. And he's always told me, I will make a way, but I haven't known how until now. And so that was kind of the gift. If you remember the post I did about letting the light in and how sometimes it's not darkness that's painful, but it's a gift. It's, it's the light. 
you know, like when Mary found out she was going to be expecting Christ, um, or, you know, um, when Sarah knew that, you know, Abraham's wife, that she was going to have a son or any, any time, you know, that God gives you something that you feel so unworthy over, you kind of stagger a little bit, um, you know, Abraham with the promised land, it says that he staggered not and that the Lord found favor in his sight or he found favor in the Lord's sight because he staggered not. God doesn't want us to stagger when the light breaks in like that. And so I've been trying to just stand in this light and just be in awe and be okay with it. Um, and I think, I think I'm finally getting there. But what he has showed me is that I'm finally going to be able to write my story for you. And um, not just for you, but for the whole world that knows something has been lost. Meaning and romance and simplicity and truth and family. Um, it's, yeah, he's been carrying me on this river, on this journey for so long and all of these lessons are tucked inside me like you know like the folds of a flower and he's just gonna blow it all open and um so I spent the night out in the hills out at Marmy's two days ago and um then I wrote this the next day and um I'm gonna read it to you it's called you shall know your story and it shall set you free so before I start I I do want to say that you know, with God, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher. And I don't know the timeline. I don't know the exact details. I just know what's going to happen. And we can rest in that. When he, when he lays something like that on your heart and he whispers that assurance, just take it and sit with it. Don't, don't dig into it. Just rest. Just let it simmer and keep going on. You know, go on making meals for your children and taking them on hikes and doing the things you do, the ordinary things you do. Um, and um, just rest knowing that he's faithful and um, that nothing with God is impossible. You know, even if you still don't see how, he, he will make it happen. And um, so I think out of his goodness and his kindness because the 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 book that I'm I'm going to write is such a massive thing he's broken it down for me and I'll tell you the other thing is a devotional so I'm going to be I've got a couple bits already written but I'll be pulling together a devotional mixed with photos for you as well so that is a more sizable project and then sewing and that's that's even more manageable for me because um, even when your mind is tired and you can't write, you can sit down with a, a seam ripper or, you know, um, a stack of homespun and um, you can just get to work and get lost in making beautiful pieces. So I'm so thankful that I have a lot, a lot going on um, because um, I'm going to need a rested heart and um, it takes, it takes doing things with your hands as I'm sure a lot of you know. Um, in order to get in that, that spot of absolute trust, to be able to let God write on your heart. You know, if you imagine your heart as a tablet, he's the one who gives us all of our ideas and inspiration. And sometimes it, it takes that, that quieting down to really hear him. 
So you have a lot to look forward to. Starts with the website. <laughs> Are you overwhelmed yet? <laughs> don't be, don't be. It's all good. Okay. So you shall know your story and it shall set you free. We live in a culture of forgetfulness and a culture of fear. We fear the things we've been through. If our lives were a long corridor with many rooms, we prefer to only stand at the present spot, going in and out of one or two of the doors in the little spot we are in right now. We are led to believe that it's freedom to forget your own story, the long history that trails behind you like a shadow. But what if the history trailing behind you is not a shadow, pulling you back and weighing you down, but more like a trapped sun waiting to break out and shine pure light across the meadow of your present? I sat still in my wool socks on a small rustic chair and an old turkey barn that had been turned into a lodge. I was tucked in the hills of Ohio, my favorite place to be. The wind was intense that day. Branches flung themselves wildly in the air, this way and that, like a little child dancing freely in the open air. A small blue spongeware mug sat on the table in front of me, filled to the rim with thick, dark hot chocolate made with maple sugar. Beside me was my best friend, nearly 30 years older than I. In my small, freckled hands were two things, a red dress Levi had bought for me for Christmas and a seam ripper. We were taking it apart to design my very first dress. A large bolt of, ho of red homespun lay stretched out across the long wood table. Marmy was busy laying and arranging and folding the deconstructed pieces on the grain. Thoughts on how to construct a pattern floated into the air as she went. The old art of sewing and designing and creating something purely out of your own imagination was being revived before my eyes. But this time, that is not what my heart was fluttering over. My heart was fluttering over something else that was starting to happen. The long hallway of my past, with all of its heavy oak doors locked shut with wrought iron latches. As the wind battered the branches outside, it gently tugged at the doors of my heart. It felt as though the doors were being pulled loose from their frames gently, as if a tender, loving hand had decided it was time to carefully open each of them just a crack. As the seam ripper tore one seam after another and the little red threads fell onto my lap, I left that old barn with the wood-burning stove and wood beams and tiny little rustic bunk rooms and began traveling in my heart way, way back. I started standing in many different scenes from my past. I could see the first day I drove out to Ohio I could see the day I knocked on the existentialism, existentialism philosophy professor's huge wood door in the 1800s sandstone academic building at Kenyon. I could see the bitter cold and windless night in January, eight years ago, when I left the loud and crowded pub with its blaring electronic music and heavy scent of beer and stepped out into the still, snowy, yellow lamplit streets of the little village town. I could see the tall, thin boy standing beside me with sandy brown hair, wearing a wool driver's cap. The boy that refused to let his awareness of God vanish, even though every single lecture, every single class, every single book that we read, 
all seemed to drag us in the other direction, into the abyss of the secular thought, the idea that we'd made a world without God. I remember the longing that ran wild through my veins that snowy night and led me to cry out as I climbed the three flights of stairs in the old dormitory, we must go back, we must go back. To hymns, to the Bible, to dancing at the creek and praising my maker, to taking photos and writing poetry, to everything that he thought of when he made me, everything that the modern world Secular education and elite liberal academia desperately tried to shatter and destroy. This was only just one of the hundreds of battles I had fought and won in the past. But remembering it was the beginning of something essential. We are taught to forget. We are taught to create your own story. We are taught to invent yourself. We forget that God has determined the time and place and details of our lives. He is the storyteller, not we. And he made from every man, from one man, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Acts 17:26. As the dress came apart and my mind opened up, I knew one thing to be absolutely true. We are meant to tear apart the seams we have artificially put in our memory and see every single day of our lives the legacy behind us. Why? Because that is pasture where our Lord has trod. That is the ground where our Savior has either sought us or saved us. And our redemption story is the beginning of our testimony and our joy. In Psalm 107, it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Don't we all have those gates of brass, those bars of iron that he has shattered? Because in weakness we cried out to him and he saved us. How can we praise him? How can we praise him for his wonderful works in the congregation? You know, or in our in our homes if we don't remember. In Luke 21:13 it says, "And it shall be for you a testimony." We have a God that is deeply concerned with testimony and stories. I know there is pain, but God values testimony a story that is a testament to his presence and his power in our weakness, so much that he's willing to permit us to go through intense suffering. He does not delight in our suffering or pain, and he wishes there was another way. But only the refiner's fire can produce a testimony of his goodness and loving parental oversight in our lives. We must not let suffering tweak our conception of God, He is good, and he cannot be otherwise. He is light, and in him is no darkness at all. He's not causing the suffering. He is our all-loving friend in the suffering. How would we know him as our all-loving friend if all about us was pleasant and praiseworthy, if we were not alone and despised at times, if the world and our lives were not a cold and dry wasteland at times, 
Beloved, in the coldness and dryness, do not feel that he is absent. That is the point where he is nearest. Oh, dear friend, will we see that? Will we desire the joy of knowing him far more than the blank numbness that present modern Christianity would force us to be content with? The simple, unthinking, unremembering happiness of blotting out the past? What happiness is that? We must look back. We must see the painful moments. We must dare to look at the drama, his drama, his play, that he has written with his own hand and delight in noticing him there. We must learn to look back into the fire of our lives and see that like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he was in the fire with us, even though we could not see at the time. Okay, I'm going to pause real quick, and I'm going to read from Genesis. I have really fallen in love with Jacob. Um, It's interesting when you study the word, you know, these characters are alive. They're alive today. You know, as Christians, we believe in eternal life. We believe that God, through his son, has given his people the gift of eternal life. And at one point, Jesus Um, he's talking to some of the rulers and they say, you know, why do you speak as though Abraham and Isaac are dead? They're alive now. I'm the God of the living and not the dead. And, um, sometimes when I'm reading, I'm like, wow, like I'm going to meet these, these people, you know, these heroes of the faith. And I get so excited because they, I start to feel like they're my friends, you know, and, um, Jacob is really, really special to me. Um, because he wrestled. God promised him. He promised him that he was gonna he was gonna take him out of his homeland, but then he would bring him back. And then when, when it was time for Jacob to go back, that's when he felt so unworthy and he wrestled with God all night long and he prevailed. He he didn't give up. He he um, wrestled with God until God blessed him and God touched him, touched his thigh and gave him a new name, um, Israel, which means one who strives or one who wrestles with God, wrestles um, until he knew the character of God, which is love. He realized that God's intentions were love and that he could trust him. He could trust God that Esau, his brother, because they had that rift, um, they had that kind of, you know, that break in their in their friendship and in their brotherhood. Um, that God's kindness could could bridge that and reunite them, and that Jacob would be able to go home. And that's me, you know. I'm, I've been wrestling for a long time because God has promised that He would bring me home. Um, and you know, when I the first time that I, I stepped foot um, on Marmy's land out in the east part of our county, which has always felt like home to me, just the hills in the east, um, I really heard him say, this is home. Um, and I don't know fully what he means by that. I know that we're probably going to settle down um, in, in that area of the county. Um, but it's, it's very hard to accept sometimes what he's promised. And I think that because of that, we lock it up. 
And that's not what Jacob did. Um, In Genesis 28, um, this is where he had the dream of Jacob's ladder. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place, and he stayed there that night, because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! There is none other, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head, and he set it up for a pillar, and he poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz, Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and he was going to go for a, away for some time, even though this place was so sacred, um, if God will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again, to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you gave me, I will give a full tenth to you. So immediately he takes what God says, he believes it, and he makes a memorial. He sets up a stone. He doesn't let himself forget God's promise. Even though he was going to be leaving this place And it was a staggering promise. The other thing that is so interesting here is that he was in this land and he didn't realize at first that that God was there. It says, you know, he says, the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. This is none other than the house of God. I look back specifically at the time when I first drove out on that um, that day, I believe it was March, really windy day in March, out away from the rushing traffic of DC, through the rugged mountains of um, western you know, Wheeling, West Virginia, through the windy, windy roads, and then we went just straight west, past the sheep and the cows, uh, the old fences and the clouds tinged with purple. And I knew, I knew that that was home. I knew Ohio was home. And it wasn't just, it wasn't the school. It wasn't Kenyon with all of its spires and sandstone ancient buildings long corridors and old bookshelves stuck, you know, stacked high with 
classical literature that I knew I was supposed to read. I knew that I was going to have to go through all of that. I knew there was a story that was, that felt like a sidetrack. Um, but I knew the main track was the country and going back to what life would have been like a long time ago. That was how we were meant to live. Um, but you know, so at the time I didn't, I didn't quite know that God was in that fire with me all of those years where I had to wait. Um, but I think that what happens when we look back, um, we're not just going to see, we're not just going to see the pain. I think we're going to see him just like Jacob after his dream. He, it was like he suddenly saw God is with me here. How awesome. How awesome is this place of my past? God is with me here. When we look back, you know, we are going to see that it was his love that took away the glitter and the glow of earthly comforts and human companionship, because that's what I lost um, through the intense darkness of my college years. But we're going to see that it was his love that shattered some of our noblest dreams to pieces. And he did all of this so that we may know the joy of testimony. He did this so we might learn the Lord's faithfulness to your own soul. Only in earthly shipwreck do we learn where our true anchor lies. Only in the painful moments of our past did we learn with unshakable certainty that we are kept and hidden in Christ. Like it says in Colossians, our life is hidden in him, that nothing may tear us from his heart. Was that not worth the tears, the calamity, the persecution, the wrestling with God, the inward pains, and even the sword? Is that not worth remembering as often as possible? And it's so interesting that Jacob's plea here, he says, Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, then, then I will go. I think when we look back, we're going to see that he kept us. So we really don't need to fear letting it out, opening those doors, and remembering what he's done, remembering how we were so broken and in such bondage, and how he set us free to share our story and to live in incredible joy. When we look back, um, we will be able to say with Paul, I count all things as loss for the, surpass, for the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ my Lord. It's knowing him that is the sweetest fruit this life has to offer. But how can we taste that fruit? How can we drink the wine of the cup of knowing him if we do not know ourselves? I mean, you all remember good old Socrates before Christ. He said, know thyself. And what does our culture want us to do? Forget. Live in the moment get lost in social media and looking and living in other people's lives, not saying, this is my story. You know, this is my history with God. And, and if I, if I neglect my story, I'm a ghost. I don't, I don't have anything to give. I, I can't sympathize with other people if I don't remember what I've gone through. So we can't be afraid of our story. We can't keep it all locked up in the dark. A corridor whose, t whose torches we never light. 
an ancient hall whose doors we never let the spirit's gentle wind blow open. How can we know such a glorious fact as his presence in our past and rejoice in it now if we dare not to remember? If we accept a culture of forgetfulness and neglect the powerful world of old, of stories and testimonies which people would do when they didn't have entertainment, of blowing open the doors of your marvelous past. As I held the soft pieces of pure red cotton in my hands, I knew one thing as fact. God not only permitted, but orchestrated every detail in my past. And this is central to my joy. Not to be endured and forgotten, but to be remembered and then transformed in my mind into a testimony to the power of his presence. If I kept all the old doors locked, wouldn't I be refusing to see what he's done and refusing to see him as the purposeful, present, personal God that he is? And isn't that so far from the doctrinal God that modern Christianity keeps painting in our churches? My past is like a river with characters and scenes I can't wait to tell you about. Cottages and moments of weakness and pain and passion all along the river on either side. Will I dare to travel that river again? Will I dare to trust the one who made me a little red boat? The one who set me to journey on this specific river in the first place? If I love him, shall I not love the whole story that he has been writing all along? Will I dare to see its old details? Will I dare to see his hand in every single one? And all of this is an invitation to you all too. As we worked side by side, I felt the old doors slowly opening. But here's the thing, the heart is tender and the heart, the heart needs to be dealt with gently. They didn't blow open. It was like a small little crack letting in a small stream of light across the hall. I knew I would be entering these old rooms one at a time, but not alone, with the help of Marmy. I knew it would take me some time to explore each of them to the fullest extent. Everyone was packed full of treasures, like an antique store with precious gems stacked high in the corners, hanging on the walls, hiding in the pages of old books on weathered shelves. For a moment, I teetered, realizing the level of work it would be, exploring each of those rooms. But then, as I stood up and heated up a thick slice of spicy gingerbread and spread golden Irish butter on top and sat down again quietly, lost in the art of designing my first dress, all weight faded away and I felt only excitement. Why? Because when I lived in those rooms long ago, I couldn't always see my shepherd. Sometimes the pain was too great. Sometimes the knife was in too deep and the yearning for more was too strong. But we must remember it's different from the other side. When we look back with him, we won't just see what happened. We will see him. Oh, the joy of knowing Jesus and just to walk in his love divine that was a song i would sing in the little country church where i met levi we are gonna have the joy of knowing jesus if we can let our hearts remember the pain 
we will see how he's with us. I will see how he was beside me, working it for my good, carrying me through each struggle to the precious spot where I am. So when I left that day, when I left the cows and the grass, the, the tufts of thick grass with the groundhog holes and the patches of the little watery patches of, um, you know, that when you have these, these, when you have hills, you get these like mini lakes. And when it freezes, there's like a little like sheet of fresh ice on the top. And um, it's amazing. Oh, there's just so much beauty in the countryside that I miss. And then you get the colors and the clouds of the sky perfectly mirrored in the little glass sheets of ice. And then there's these little valleys. There's a valley on her land that's like the sycamore veil, I might call it. These ancient sycamores, and they're all so unique in their shape. And um, one of them is dying, and there's a crack a hollowing out. And I climbed in it, actually. And I could, I could hide completely in it. It was very neat. So I'm gonna take pictures there. But um, it was hard leaving because just the, the naturalness, the, the simplicity and the purity of God's land, God's trees, his, his cows, that's home to me. So I left and I packed up my tripod and my books and my mugs and my sewing machine. I had quite a bit. My ingredients to make hot cocoa. All of it was packed in my car and I drove down and out from the hills back to the the busy main suburban road in our county. Back to the boys in our old green farmhouse in town and I felt that my shepherd was closer to me than ever all because I dared to start looking back. He says he shall wipe every tear from our faces. However, God has also said, nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will, be not, that will not be known and come to light. And that's Luke 8:17. Perhaps part of wiping the tears from our faces means letting him bring it all to the light. Will we walk in the light? Walk in the light of our own story? Our entire story? Will you carry your testimony with you? Will you not hide from the doors of your past? The scenes and the people and the moments of weakness and moments of courage, moments of faith that made you who you are, but open your heart to it all and then carry the joy of your story wherever you go your shepherd will feel much closer to you if you do. There will be a skip in your step on the sidewalk. There will be a wondrous glow in your eyes at church. I'm not sure how just yet, but I long to create a world, both in fiction and hopefully nonfiction too, um, but also a real world where you all can come and visit and get to know me. A world where... Um, Hang on. <laughs> Lost my spot on the page. A world where the stories who made us who we are just break into the atmosphere and cause us to be radiant over the goodness of the Lord. Jeremiah 31, 12. 
I want to create a world where rawness and authenticity just happens. A world of rich hot cocoa and wool socks and wood stoves and old barns and farm fresh eggs and cows speckling the hills that somehow gently and sweetly blows the doors of our hearts open or gently and sweetly tears the tight seams we have woven open in this artificiality we've constructed, letting loose and setting free the burning story inside of all of us. The story of how we all were once lost, but our shepherd never for one moment stopped seeking and saving his precious sheep. Trust me, he shall turn it all to you for a testimony. Will we let him? Dear Lord, I thank you for all of the women, um, perhaps some who are in the fire right now, struggling living out their story, um, and who need to be reminded that you are with them and that you have appointed the times and boundaries and places and scenes in their lives because you are writing their story and for those who have come out of a season of intense solitude you know in in, um psalm 107 um it says they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way and they found no city to dwell in there's those of us who have gone through so much to get where we are and we just want to rest and stop all of it and be simple and forget For those of us who are like that, nestled in the the comfy spot of creating a home and raising children, that you would give us the courage to look back and remember what you have done so that our joy could be multiplied hundredfold and that we could be a witness and a testimony to those who are struggling now, who are younger than we, Um, and those older women who um, have looked back, like Marmee, who have been raw with God and who know their story so well and who are ready to be used by God to help others open up and get their story out no matter what it takes, no matter how many nights in the hills it takes. Um, I just pray, God, I pray that all of us would yearn to be biblically real. I mean, look look at the stories here. Look at Jacob. Look at his heart. Look at his wrestling under the moon. Look at his sleeping on a rock. God, they, they are real. Help us just forget the artificiality of this modern time and be real with God and real with each other. Find those people that we can open up to and start to get to work. Start to do the real hard work. Um, I just thank you. I thank you for um, just the, the audience that you have given me that really aren't an audience god they're really fellow travelers and um i feel that our hearts are knit together for a special purpose and i just pray that your will would be done um, in all of our lives that we would today find strength to do the things you've asked us to do um and to open up our minds and to let in the light of your word. It says that you have sent out your word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Your words of comfort, God, that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us, that um, 
that nothing can take away your joy and that you have sent your comforter and he will give us peace that surpasses all understanding. Help us take you at your word today and let that set us free and give us strength to do the hard things, very ordinary hard things that are in front of us. Um, you know, making our homes beautiful and, and organized and lovely to comfort and bless our families for one more day. You know, or if we work, God, just give us the ability to be the joy and the peace and the stability that the suffering world needs. And to listen. Give us the ability to listen. Whatever it may be, God, I just pray that this that this message this morning would help us to bravely know our story, accept it, and see you in it. See you in the fire. Um, I just thank you for who you are and your realness and how we can trust you with everything. Trust you to get us out to where we need to be. If it may be moving, if it may be changing something in our homes or in our lives, um, help us be open to that and to trust that you, that you are the one orchestrating the details and that he who began a good work will see, see it through to completion. Okay, Lord, I, um, I just thank you again for all you're doing and for giving us the eyes to start to see a little bit more day by day your loving kindness in your name amen all right that's where i will leave you and i will pro i promise to work very hard and finish up a little set of aprons for you that i'm excited about and get this website finished up because it's been tucked away for too long <laughs> um all right love you all so much and i will talk to you soon bye I know you made a home inside this heart of stone, so turn it into flesh, spirit soften it, I give you all I have, I'm holding nothing back, Jesus I am yours. Jesus, I am yours. Take over, lover of my soul. Take control. I surrender. It's not. No